Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we'll go over our training plans and talk about a couple of setbacks this week. We'll discuss proper running form and how to run more efficiently. And we discuss some new goals we are setting to help get us into tip-top marathon shape. At the end, you'll hear more about my mom, who's the person who started this whole journey for us. Welcome to episode four of the Crummy Marathoners podcast. Hello, welcome, welcome. We are back at it. This is our fourth episode. We're really excited because as Mo just brought up to me, that's a whole month. Yes. One month of the crummy marathoners. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today's been a crazy day. We went to Costco. We made the mistake of making our coronavirus trip to (laughs) the store. And let me tell you, it was insane. It was insane. I didn't even go inside the store. I was in the car with Calvin and our dog Hula. And we didn't want to leave our dog in the car for too long. So I sent Harrison and Leah and wow. (laughs) I mean, there was a guy I saw with one of those masks on his face and he had one of those big flat carts and loaded this thing with water, like probably 12 cases of water. doesn't surprise me. And as people were flooding out one after the other, just stacks and stacks of water and bleach and paper products, It was a crazy day. We ourselves doubled up on everything. We did. But we just doubled up. And might I add things that we will eventually use? Right. It's not like we bought all this stuff and it might go to waste. Yes. Not to get too far off topic, but we should totally tell our listeners the amazing story of the time that you got scared of Kim Uh, Kim (laughs) Jong-un bombing America and all of the things that you made us buy. Amazing to who? (laughs) Why don't you tell that story? Because I'm a little embarrassed. But actually, I'm not, though, because if anything were to happen, we are prepared. We are. She, first of all, printed off a page of what to do in the event of a nuclear strike. Oh, three pages. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A hand crank radio. Yes. So for solar powered hand cranked radio. Oh, both. So if for whatever reason the sun goes away, you can at least hand crank it. Yes. Walkie talkies. That uh, don't rely on certain channels that we need today. And, (laughs) um, oh, food storage. These big buckets of food, which that I totally agree. I mean, you need those regardless. And look, now when everybody is scrambling to get food storage, who's prepared? We are prepared, not only for a nuclear strike, but for the coronavirus. Because we've got double the toilet paper, double the paper (laughs) towels, double the diapers. Anyways, um, Mo, what's your favorite running sound of the week? What have you been listening to while running? Bangarang. Bangarang. By Skrillex. 
Okay. It's a good one. It's a jam. It's a jam. It's really motivating. Oldie but goodie, as they say. Yeah. I've been into this really hip band. They're called the Millennial Club. Mm, he loves them. They are really talented. They're like jazzy, funky, but modern with like some 80s keyboards. I like them. There's a song called, um, I don't know how to say it. I think it's M-I, like the, the initials M-I. I don't know what that means. <laughs> cool song. Check it out. But it's not really a good running song as far as pace is concerned. It just gets me happy and excited and motivated to get outdoors. So I thought M-I stood for Mission Impossible. Oh, maybe that's what that dun, means. Dun, 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 could be. Could be. Well, we want to talk about our... Uh, plans this week, um, starting with Mo, and then of course a um, couple of things that we learned, and then I'll I'll share uh, a couple of setbacks that I had this week, um, some good positive things that I learned, and and then we should talk about running form. You know, this is something that I would say most beginner runners have the question of: Am I running the right way? And you know, what are the mechanics of my body? Am I doing it in such a way where I'm optimizing my energy and and, and anyways, we'll get into all of that. So we're really excited to bring that to you today. So oh, yeah. Mo, how was your training plan this week? It was good. could have been better, but it was good. It was good in terms of I completed two of my runs or running days. So one I think was two and a half miles and the other was two miles. And I was pleasantly surprised because I knew that I was pacing myself, but I knew I could push myself further if I tried. Mm-hmm. So it was comforting knowing that, okay, I could go faster if I tried, but like I didn't want to overdo it. However, with that being said, I didn't get to complete my Saturday run today. Bum, bum, bum. I know. That brings us to a great point, which is the importance of the long run. Right. So most right. half marathon and marathon training plans They'll have different workouts, different runs throughout the week, but it all builds up to that big, long weekend run, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to help you build endurance. And usually it's at a slower pace than your normal running pace, but it's just really designed to get that mileage in and help condition your legs. So, um, well, partly why I didn't finish it is because Harrison is the most amazing husband and I love you so much, honey. I'm going to give Why, you a little shout you. out. Why, thank so you. So not only did he plan a surprise birthday party for me, but he also... That was last Saturday, by the way. Oh, yes. That was last Saturday. That was so fun. Shout out to all our friends and family who were there and made it happen. Love you all. He also planned for me to do a little mini staycation at one of Arizona's finest resorts. <laughs> and it was amazing. However... I thought, okay, I have like this time for myself. So I went and did a two mile run around these like mega mansions, which was beautiful. But then I proceeded to do the cross training I didn't do during the week for 60 minutes. And I just totally overdid it. Yeah. To the point where today, this was yesterday, Friday. Yes. Uh-huh. To the point where today you were just like, I'm too tired. I- right. And going into my stay, I told Harrison I wasn't feeling very good. I could feel my my lymph nodes getting swollen. And so today it's just all hit me. You know, rest, again, is so important. 
to the whole process and and, t- and pacing yourself. I'm talking about pay, like pacing yourself, what your body can and can't do. Well, there's a reason it tells you to do either the run or the cross training, mm. not both on the same day. Mm-hmm. Right? That's so, a hey, good lesson point. learned. That's a good point. Yeah, but you know, it brings us to a good point, which is not only the importance of resting your body, but resting your mind. Oh yeah. And we had read an article um, not too long ago about a woman who every six months she breaks free from the kids, from her husband, and just goes and stays in a hotel mm-hmm. for 24 hours or so. And, you know, how much she's come to enjoy that. You know, she gets a lot of reflection time. And um, we thought it would be such a, or I thought it would, would be such a cool idea for Mo. So I, it was kind of a surprise for her. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was an, as Carson, it, I raved about it to him. I sent him so many videos of how, happy and grateful I was for this time. Not that I don't love being with you and our kids. I love being with you guys more than anything, but sometimes mama needs just some self-care. <laughs> you were living your best life. I I was. I was ordering room service and I was just laying down. And But I will say I was also still so plugged into, well, what, are the kids okay? And yeah, you had is Calvin sleeping okay? Right. And so next time I want to move into it, really completely unplugging even, you know, those minor. Yeah, for sure. Things. But it was amazing and I loved it. But yeah. Well, I love seeing you so happy. You know, you were, you were all about it. You were just glowing, you know, because you never get that time by yourself. No. And I, I think it's really, truly important to have, those moments of self-care and to put yourself as a priority. Not, and that doesn't mean you love your family or your spouse or your partner or your friend or whoever less. It just means that you value your time with them. And so you want to be your best self. And and for anyone who can relate, you know, Mo is the type of person who she won't really do things for herself unless someone does, someone kind of forces her to. Yes. I got that from my mom. Well, you're, you guys are both selfless people and it's, there are a lot of people out there who have no problem asking for things and have no problem spending money on themselves, doing things for themselves. And that's not a bad trade either. And I Mm -mm. think there's somewhere down the the middle, that's a good, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good way to be. And, and so, um, you know, I love that selflessness about you and about your mom and, and the way that, that you were brought up, but I do think it's healthy to every once in a while do something for yourself. And so I agree. Okay. Um, I'm working on it. And this, this staycation has taught me that I enjoy working on it. You enjoy, <laughs> yeah, you enjoyed it. And, and I think that's the important part. Uh, but so Harrison, how was your week? So it was good. Um, a slight setback. I, you know, up to this point, I haven't really had any injuries, but early on in the week. And actually, if you remember from episode one or no episode two, after the first week of training, I kind of brought up some shin pain and it just progressively got a little bit worse. And I, you know, I, I just couldn't quite shake it. Um, I started to feel it on Thursday and I was on the treadmill at the gym and and I kind of just ran through it and it totally got better as I was running. And then, um, the rest of that day I could really feel it just, it, it felt really like a sharp pain through my shin. And I decided to take Friday as a rest day. Um, as I've mentioned before in our podcast that my new training plan doesn't really allow me to have any rest days other than Sunday, mm. but I vowed to take one if I needed it. And that I think this was a good time to take it because Friday's run was a kind of a shorter run. And I figured I would just take that as a rest day. And then today I had a 12 miler, which uh, it's actually started hurting the first 
probably a couple minutes. And then I did kind of rock walk run intervals and it got better. So I want to talk a little bit about the difference between shin splints and a stress fracture. Right. This is important. I'm actually very tuned in. Not that I'm not usually, but <laughs> well, disclaimer, this is not medical advice. We're not encouraging anyone to oh, yeah. go against what their doctor says. Mm-hmm. We're not claiming to be doctors, none of that, Mm-mm. but we're just speaking from personal experience. So now that we have that out of the way, um, <laughs> from what I've read, from what I've understood, and my, my good friend is a uh, physical therapist, and what he's told me is that the difference between, you know, and, and I'm not talking in medical terms, but as far as what you feel from a stress fracture, which is, you know, like a little crack in your bone from overuse it is that as you run, as you walk on it, it progressively gets worse. If you don't rest, it just gets worse, worse, worse. That's a stress fracture. Shin splints, on the other hand, most of the time when you wake up in the morning, they hurt the worst. Um, but as you start to warm them up, as you start to run, they get better. So, you know, it might hurt really bad at the beginning of your run, but then it gets better. And so that leads me to believe that what I've been experiencing is probably just a minor case of shin splints, Mm. which is no surprise to me. I've always dealt with that. Um, It could be a problem in my running form. It could be just, uh, I've increased my mileage pretty quickly. I went from doing maybe 25 to 30 a week to up to now 35 to 40. So, you know, it's a combination of all those things. That said, I took a rest day and I don't regret it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's rest day and then just fingers crossed that come Monday, I'll be a hundred percent. You never know. I mean, I've had a little bit of foot pain, kind of like the top of my left foot has started hurting. So as runners, this is, I'm sure everyone listening can relate. There's always something coming up. Mm-hmm. There's really no escaping the the pain, the injuries. Which is why you want to maximize your form so that way you could prevent injuries, you know. Oh, totally. 100%. Great segue, Mo. <laughs> well, we, wasn't as smooth as I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about running form today. We found a fantastic article in Runner's World, and it talks about head-to-toe, all of the different pieces of your body and how they should be moving, the mechanics, and the article is found in... Uh, as I said, runner's world, it's called expert tips for achieving proper running form from head to toe. And it's by Ashley Mateo. This was written February 11th of this month, uh, or this year rather. So the idea here is running should be effortless. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean effortless in a way that, um, it's not hard, but you should strive for running in such a way that your body is optimizing its movements, Mm -hmm. optimizing the energy that you're expending. And, you know, there's, there's this analogy that I thought of, if you think about a hill and you roll a block, you know, think of like a little toy block down the hill. Okay. If you, if you roll it down the hill, it'll still make its way down the hill, but it's going to require a lot of force, a lot of energy to get it moving. And it's not going to go very far. And then on the flip side, if you picture a ball rolling down a hill, that thing theoretically should roll forever, you know, assuming you just give it a slight push. And, and that's, that's the idea here with running with proper form is the mechanics of your body all moving together to make it a lot more enjoyable, honestly. Right. And more efficient, more efficient. That's, that's Mm -hmm. the key word right there. So starting with your head, Mo, why don't you enlighten us a little bit about what the article says? Um, What should our head be doing when we're running? Yeah. So 
this article is great because it lays it out so clearly. And something that I noticed was when I, when I run, I typically try to focus on things in front of me, but a lot of times I'll glance at my feet and because I'm trying to focus on how my feet, you know, how they're landing. Well, Miss Mateo <laughs> suggests that it's important for you not to look at your feet and it's extremely important for you to gaze directly in front of you. So she talks about not tilting your chin up or down and that happens when people get tired. And this is important because when you're when you have a focused gaze, you're able to maintain a proper posture which keeps your neck uh, in proper alignment with your spine. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is shoulders. And so if you think about all of us who work at a desk or even working in a trade, you know, we're always hunched over. We're looking at our phones or, we're, you know, our good friend's a dentist. He's always kind of hunched over looking into people's mouths. It would, regardless of the, of the profession that you're in, you know, we spend a lot of time kind of hunching our shoulders and that's the opposite of what we need to be doing when we're running. We need to have a nice open shoulders, almost bringing them back. If you picture a pencil being squeezed behind your shoulder blades, that's what we're striving for. And the other thing is to relax your shoulders. So I know it's hard to do when you're, when you're picturing opening up your shoulders and squeezing them back, but what tends to happen to runners. And I've noticed this myself is as I get exhausted, I start to kind of shrug my shoulders and bring them up. And then you're, you're wasting all this energy. Um, not to mention your shoulders get really stiff. And so you want to just really relax those shoulders. And what you can do is you can, you can kind of shake your arms out, loosen up, but just try to be conscientious of your shoulders. And if they're tightening up or not moving as we discussed. Mm -hmm. The next thing is your arms. So the way you move your arms can really help you move faster or slower. Uh, They suggest that your arms should be at a 90 degree angle. So your palms or fists move from chin to hip. And then this is this motion and this, uh, angle is supposed to help you like propel your body forward. And it, it also allows you to, um, keep in line with your body structure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, so if you picture drawing a line directly from like your head to your toes, straight down your body, this imaginary line, when you're running, you don't want your arms to be crossing that line. So your arms should really be as straight as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, going up and down rather than side to side, your elbows need to be kind of straight. Yeah. That makes sense. And they're supposed to be close to your sides as well. Right. It's not not like flopping like a chicken. Yeah, exactly. Not like completely close to the point where they're rubbing against your side, but you know, just keep them nice and close to you, but moving in a, in a straight motion. Mm -hmm. The next one is your hands. And this one's interesting. If you think about like a potato chip, I've heard this example from a couple different people, not just from this article, if you picture holding potato chip between your index thumb and, and middle finger, if you squeeze too tight, that chip's going to break. And you want to think about that when you're running, just these imaginary chips in your hands and you're taking them from your pocket, bringing them up to your, up to your mouth kind of thing. But um, if you tighten your hands too much, you're spending this energy into your hands that could otherwise be put into, um, into your body's movement. And so that's really important to, to keep top of mind. Yep. The next is your torso. So if you remember back in, I think episode two, 
was it episode two or was it last? No, it was episode two. We talked about how at Roadrunner, Eddie advised, you know, to strengthen your core because your core is what holds everything together. And they just reiterate this. So basically you want to make sure that you have a strong core, because if you think about it, your core is where all of the power comes from. It's your center of gravity while you run. So constantly training that with core ab workouts is going to help you in the long run, because if you're able to have a strong core, you can use that elastic energy that comes from the ground. So it'll help propel you forward or backward. And it also will, if you have a strong core, it'll prevent you from going too far forward or too far backward. Yeah. And not only just the the strength of it, but also keeping it not dead center, but almost shifting with your feet. Mm-hmm. So if you try to keep your body straight, but your legs moving, it's going to feel really awkward. Whereas when you take, for example, a left step, you kind of want to shift your torso slightly to the left with that step. And that's going to enable power to get generated from your feet through up to your torso. So what about the hips, Harrison? So hips are important because you want to lean slightly into the run. You'll hear this from a lot of running coaches and different people. If you start looking on YouTube, it's challenging though, because, you know, they say, okay, lean forward. And what a lot of people will do is they'll lean forward with their shoulders, but that's not really solving any problems. You want to more so lean forward with your hips. It needs to feel very natural. But when you have that slight lean, then it's going to allow your, um, your your glutes to be engaged. And then now you're using more muscles rather than just your lower legs. And so um, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you try thinking about it. But when you run on your next run, just get out there and, and try to lean those hips slightly forward. As we're talking about all this, it just makes greater sense why we do cross training yeah. strength training and how vital it is. Cause before I just thought running was solely about cardio. It's really not. It's a whole plethora of making sure your different muscles and different groups are yeah. as strong as they can be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing to think about, you know, a lot of people when they picture running, they think it's just, okay, you just move your body as quick as you can. And it's totally not that it's all about moving your body as efficiently as possible to get most bang for your buck, you know, in every step using the least amount of energy possible, but getting the furthest, Mm -hmm. you know? So the next one is your knees and the knees are, this can be tough. I know a lot of people struggle with knee issues. Um, and part of that is, you know, people start to, to bend their knees out or bow them in. You want to keep them as straight as possible. And, but at the same time, not lifting them up to a 90 degree angle. So, you know, high knees where people will do high knees as kind of an exercise. Don't do that while you're running. Um, you want to keep them uh, down towards the ground to the point where they're not coming too far in front of you at the same time. Wasting that energy. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens to a lot of runners is, is they start to do what's called the runner shuffle. Uh, that's what happens to me. <laughs> well, especially when you get tired. I'm guilty of it too, especially in my first marathon. I'm only like a quarter of what you run. <laughs> well, when you think about, you know, how tired you get when you run, it doesn't matter how many miles you run. Not even a quarter. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's very easy to just sort of shuffle, look like a penguin. I've seen some people waddle side to side. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you need to definitely focus on keeping those knees straight, keeping your legs moving. Don't lift them up to a 90 degree angle. So it's all these things that you got to focus on. It takes a lot of practice. The next one is legs. Mo, what can you tell us about the legs? Yeah. So legs, super important. You need them to go far and fast. And anyway, <laughs> everyone's stride and gait is very different and they talk about how that's okay. But the main thing to focus on with your legs is you want to think about your shin being as close to perpendicular as possible when your foot hits the ground. So there's, so when, when a person's a heavy heel striker, should we probably talk about what that means? Yeah. We should go into depth into heel striking, forefoot striking, um, and then midfoot striking. Yes. So Heel striking is, I think, the natural thing that a lot of people do when they first start running. That's because when you walk, you heel strike. Mm. So if you just walk from one side of the room to the other, you're going to notice that most people are, they start from their heel and they kind of roll forward. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, that's just the natural way to walk. You don't walk on your toes, right? That would be kind of weird. But when you're running, the whole game shifts because you're running at a, at a faster speed. Hmm. Um, but the goal is not to run on your toes. See a lot of people, a lot of runners mistake that. And of course there's no right or wrong. Okay. Let me back up. There is a right way to do it. I think landing on your midfoot is the right way, but caveat, and this is, this is coming from the article. If you're most comfortable landing on your heels or landing on your toes, it's probably better to do what you're most comfortable with rather than completely shifting um, and not being efficient. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a four foot striker then is the opposite. Right? Four foot. Yeah. is going to be someone who's landing on their, almost on their toes. Okay. And that's problematic because your, your calves are not prepared to run 13 or 26 miles, you know, strictly using that calf muscle. Cause when you're running on your toes, that's a lot of what you're doing. And a lot of people think that because when you sprint, like if you did the hundred, hundred meter dash or any kind of sprint on a track, you're, you're taught to run on your toes, mm. um, on your knee or on your heels. It's also problematic. Cause when you land on your heels, it's, there's so much shock that's being sent through your feet, mm. um, all the way up to your body that that can be problematic. And so the ideal way to land is right on the midfoot. So you're not landing on your heel. You're not landing on your toe. Almost think of like the balls of your feet. And then if you, if you imagine then pushing off with your, with your feet rather than just landing on them. Right. So if you land, like you said, like right at the midpoint, yeah. And at a, like a 90 degree angle with your, your legs, then yeah. you can use not only your feet, but your ankle and your knee joint and the hip joint exactly all at the same time so that yeah. you can absorb energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, it's oh, almost absorb shock. Well, yeah. Absorb the shock and create more energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, think about almost like skating, you know, like, oh, like sliding. Yeah. Mo's a ice skater. Yeah. Figure skater think of sliding your feet back that's towards a your good butt. point I, you know think yeah. of, you're just gliding you're just gliding on the road yeah you know? and, and so try to picture that like whenever i feel like i'm running very sluggishly i i try to push off with my feet almost in a in a strat in a sliding type of 
movement. It's really hard to describe over a podcast. Maybe we can take a video of you explaining it and post on our Instagram. We could. We could do that. Or we can find references. Yeah, and there's a lot of really good YouTube videos. Um, but the, the key point, the key takeaway here is try to be conscious of all of these things we've talked about from head to toe, everything that you're doing when you're running, because you have a lot of time to think when you're running. Mm-hmm. And the challenge for me is it's hard for me to stay focused and to think about each of these individual things. But I promise as you do it, you start to get so much more efficient and running becomes easier. I, for example, today I did a 12 mile run and I, um, I started focusing on a few of these things and I, I felt it was a lot more effortless than it had been in the past. And I was running a pretty good pace. I, I think I was running like eight forty fives, eight fifties, which for a lot of people listening is really bad or might be really good. Um, as we've talked about in the past, everyone's at a different level, but for me, that's pretty good. Like my normal Saturday runs are like a nine thirty pace. So for me to be um, running like eight forty five, eight fifty, um, just being conscious of, of these different things has, has helped me run more efficiently. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to take this information and to channel it into my, my runs to see what happens. Just really cool. It's really cool. Cause I always thought running was solely about your legs and your feet. It's really your whole entire body. It's, it's a true all encompassing. Yeah. Mechanics of the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Mo, that I think brings us to the end of talking about running form. We invite everybody to read this article from runner's world. Yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic. It's very clear to, to understand. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add from this week? Well, actually, there is one more thing I want to talk about. Let's take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and we'll get right back to it. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we're back. We are back. So we want to talk about something that Mo and I discussed this week, which was weight loss goals. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get into running to lose weight. No. But I think we've been inspired as we've seen improvements in our times and as we've really put our minds to this together. You know, when I was doing it on my own, when I did my half and then my full marathon, I I ate whatever I wanted. Mm. I kind of, I just felt like I was on my own and I, I just used running as an excuse to eat whatever I wanted and to just, you know, the old saying, I, I run to eat, you know, and, and we want to flip the script and eat to run, you know, eat Ooh, in such a way. Clever. 
I didn't make it up, but we want to eat in such a way where we're actually going to improve our overall running experience. Right. And not feel weighed down by certain things that we eat. At least for me, I want to feel like motivated to run. I want to be encouraged through the food that we eat and also through like the supplements that we take and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Because I've noticed if I, let's say I have a whole thing, like a pizza slice and ice cream and chocolate. And then I'm like, oh, I got to do my run. I just notice I'm in a completely different physical and mental state of mind than I am if I were to start my my day off with something more nourishing. Yeah. And I think we should talk on a separate episode all about nutrition. Oh, yeah. What's recommended, what we've been doing. But I think for now, we just want to let the world know that we are each setting a goal. And we want you all to hold us accountable to these goals. Oh, boy. That by week 16, which is marathon day, May 31st, we have specific – we're not going to tell you our weights because we're too embarrassed. No, I'm just kidding. No. No, it's very personal. Yeah, and I and not so much just, you know, we don't want to lose a certain number to look a certain way. Right. We just know in, with our previous weights that we're trying to achieve that – you know, we're more agile, we're more correct, flexible, we're able to endure. Yeah, this isn't about, like you know that on the head, it's not about looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. This isn't about um, trying to impress anybody. It's it's truly about, like you said, moving more efficiently. Right, maximizing you know? our abilities. And, and from everything that I've read for my body type, I, I should probably be about 13 pounds lighter than I am right now. Yeah, same here. We, we used to, we, before we got pregnant with our first baby, we did this uh, biggest loser challenge with our friends and it was extremely motivating. And it also taught me a lot about how to weigh and to, you know, understand BMI. Yeah. So body mass index. Yeah. So we could talk about that in the next episode or so, but, but you kind of know what your baseline should be, what you should be to to be the kind of the healthiest version of of you. Right. And so for me, 13 pounds is about the same from where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and for me, it's the exact same. It's so funny how same shoe or same shoe type we both landed on. Mm -hmm. We both have 13 pounds to lose. Um, We're so similar yet so different. Mm -hmm. And that could change also with my, BMI percentage, it could be, I I don't necessarily have to lose 13 pounds if my BMI goes down. Sure. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think it all changes and varies with your age and yeah. what you, you're able to do. Yeah. So that gives us really, because we're three weeks into our training plan, we have 13 weeks. So really, if we can lose a pound a week, Ow. then we're going to be right there. And I think that's I pretty even, doable. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. There, so a pound a week. And I think that's pretty doable. So what do they say? Is it 3,500 calories that you need to be in a deficit per pound? I think so. Somewhere around there. Don't quote us, but that, I think that sounds right. Yeah. So if, if all we did was a, a healthy, normal diet, the calories that we're going to burn should make up for that deficit and should allow us to, to lose a little bit of weight. Um, so. Again, it's all connected. It's yep. all connected. It's not just, you know, one thing over the other. It's everything's supposed yeah. to contribute to helping you be the best runner you can be. 
Absolutely. I'm just looking forward to not carrying around like a 13 pound weight on me. You know, if you, if you look at it that way, think of like a five pound bag of sugar, yeah. but you know, carrying two of those or three of those around, you know, shedding that weight and being able, how much lighter we'll feel as we, as we run. And this isn't going to be easy. No more cheesecake, no more caramel apples. Like you've oh. heard us enjoy in the past. No, I think we, to- I, I, I'm just joking. I think we can totally enjoy some sweets here and there. I think it's in moderation. Totally. Yeah. It's all about, I think, eating in a sustainable way. And also, I read an article recently that talks about how you're ideally not supposed to eat three hours before bedtime. We have an issue with that. Yeah. In order to properly allow your cells to rest and rejuvenate. Whereas if you eat three hours before bedtime, like, you know, three hours before bedtime, like, yeah or less than or whatever your cells then are allowed to properly rejuvenate they instead are like trying your body's trying to digest the food so it's busy Mm. with digestion instead of rejuvenation i said that a lot (laughs) (laughs) so we've got some pretty hefty goals in front of us yes and the world knows about it so there's no turning back now it's the final countdown all right everybody until next time have a great week you got this mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market thank you for sticking around as you might remember from episode one my mom passed away in june of last year and she's the real reason that i got started in marathon training Uh, but i've never had the chance to actually learn about her half marathon experiences firsthand from someone who's there with her so this week i had the opportunity to sit down with my aunt to capture her candid memories of my mom And reminiscing about her really took me back. And I want you all to know how amazing she was. So let's get to it. Here's my interview with my Aunt Marley. All right, so we're recording. I'm here with Marley, not Marlene. I always called you Marlene growing up. Yeah, it's all right. Marley is my quote-unquote aunt. Yes, I was (laughs) married to his uncle. Yes. We, long story. We're not going to go into it, but we're sitting in her Zen backyard. Um, dogs laying next to her. Leah's on the tramp, so you might hear some background noise. But I wanted to get with Marley and talk about uh, her relationship with my mom at one point when they were, what would you say, really close friends, best of friends? Or- yeah. When I started dating Dan, she was like, became my best friend. Like, we did everything together with you, with her and your dad. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom, and I was a stay-at-home mom, so she, like, guided me through when I had Taylin. She threw me my baby shower, which was amazing. That sounds um, like Roxy. Yeah. No, <laughs> she went above and beyond for everything she did for me and my family. I remember going to your house growing up. I was just a little kid. Mm-hmm. And anyways, lots of really good memories. Um, tell me a little bit about you for our listeners. What do you do for work? 
You're from this uh-huh. area, all that kind of stuff. Uh, born and raised in Gilbert. Uh, went to Highland High. A, right now, I have three kids. I work at a dental office as an office manager. Awesome. Uh, I live in North Mason now and love it. Okay. And our podcast is about fitness and running marathons, but you've run how many half marathons? I've only run one. The okay, one I did perfect. with Roxy, which she made me do it. Well, she didn't make me, but like she's like, Marley, let's do this. And she called me up one day and she's like, Marley, let's... Uh, Let's run a half marathon. I'm like, okay. Like we'd worked out at Mountainside Fitness all the time. Okay. I'd put Talon and Ridge into the daycare and we would go work out every day. And then out of the blue, she called me one day and she's like, Marley, let's run a half marathon. I'm like, okay. All right, let's do it. She's like, well, here's a kicker. It's in Nashville. I'm like, yes, I'm in. So where did she get the crazy idea to do that? For one, to do it. And then two, to do it in Nashville. Um, I think one of her friends was a runner and I think that... She was just looking to find somewhere cool to go. Yeah. And um, she chose Nashville, I guess. I don't know. It was all her idea. And I was just along for the ride. And it was so fun. Was that her first as well? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First one. I'm I'm amazed as I grow up how similar I am to my mom and things like that. Yeah. You know, just she has a random friend who runs. And so she decides to jump right in. That just sounds like something she would do. Well, it's funny because she's like, okay, I got a program. We're going to, she printed it off and she brought it over because back then I don't even think we had iPhones. So it was like the flip, like uh, Motorola flip phone things. So she brought over a schedule that I was supposed to like run like week one, run two miles whatever and we did it so good for the first week and i'm like yeah i could still do it yeah i would still work out and stuff at mountainside but she was dedicated to her running she like okay. never quit she was all in i was like yeah i'll go yeah that's so she had a plan she was kind of sticking to it you kind of weren't yeah no i definitely was not okay. <laughs> i'm like i would maybe run once a week <laughs> oh wow yeah that's... no i definitely but i was in shape but i just didn't like running so what do you remember about the trip i mean so you obviously didn't train very well she kind of trained pretty well but <laughs> yeah. you guys flew out there and what was that all about yeah oh my gosh it was the most amazing trip still to this day dashville is one of my favorite cities ever and i have a lot of i think it's all because of roxy because she made she always made every trip amazing she like planned everything out i was along for the ride it was so fun yeah. so we land in Nashville, we rent a car, we go to the hotel, we unpack our bags, we go to downtown. It's like 20 minutes away. We get there and we're both just like, oh my gosh, country music. Yeah. I mean, she loved country music. She loved uh, just being out with people and dancing. And so like, we were just like with our eyes, like two kids at Disneyland, like, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we go to downtown, we get registered for the, the race, we get our numbers. We're like so stoked. Um, so all night... All day Friday, we go dancing, go to different bars, just are having the time of our life in the city. And it yeah. is like the most prettiest city, fun city. Everybody's so nice. Um, and then we go back to our hotel. The next morning, we are getting ready to rise. But here's the kicker. It's so funny. Um, we stayed out way too late. <laughs> we probably stayed out till 1 in the morning. And oh, we had okay. to beat the races by 6.30. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they start um, early. Yeah, it was insane. So we are like, oh, my gosh, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. So we wake up early. We get down there and we are pumped. We are tired, but we are pumped. And uh, yeah, we start the race and we're we're pretty steady, doing good. And I don't know if you've ever been to Nashville, but no. their hills are like up and down okay. and up and down. Well, hello, we live in Arizona. There's <laughs> right. no training for up and down. And the humidity I was, was going to say, it's probably pretty humid over oh there. Oh my gosh, the humidity was insane. So we are like dying, like up and down the hill. So at one point your mom is like way ahead of me. I'm like... Just I go. can't. Yeah, just go, Rox. I can't even. Well, then I like 
it's crazy. Well, you've done a, ha- a half marathon. The adrenaline like kicks in at certain points. Yeah. Especially towards the end. So towards the end, I like catch up to her. She crosses finish line first and then like maybe I think three minutes ahead of me. And she's at the finish line, like cheering me on. And I'm like, oh! and we both just collapse. And that's awesome. it is, it was so cool. And we were just so proud of each other. We were like pumped the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. It, there's something about running a half or a full marathon that just gives you the sense of pride that you accomplished something amazing that most people haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so oh, cool. for sure. So uh, what year was this? Was this, you, do you remember? Or I can't remember what year, but um, I believe dirt or Ridge was like two. So maybe let's say 2000, maybe 2006 or seven. Okay. That sounds about right. I think she went on to do maybe one more. Does that ring a bell? Uh, I think she did the P of Changs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, and she stayed I, hard. She loved it. She loved racing and running. And I think those were her only two though. I could okay. be wrong. I yeah. don't know. Um, but I just remember that about her doing some running, but I, I really don't remember her going out and, you know, running every day. She used to tell me yeah. she would run all the time and I just, yeah. I was probably at school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But up to, until she passed away, she used to always, uh, just last year, she would talk about running all the time and I was, you know, cause I was getting into it and mm-hmm. she was saying, Oh, you can eat whatever you want. As long as you mm-hmm. run five miles a day. Like yeah. she just, she just loved the training aspect of it. And yeah. And, well, she'd always uh, tell me, she's like, Marley, get your runs in. Um, and I'm like, eh, I already went to the gym and she's like, no, it's like such a, for her, it was like such a stress reliever. Yeah. Like just, she would always tell me like, it's just being on the open road and running and yeah. like the fresh air and like anything that went through her day, she would just, it would all go out the window when she would run. Yeah. For That's sure. Awesome. Like it gives me the chills. Cause like, I just remember about there. She was always so passionate about everything, everything yeah. she did. She's a very passionate person. Yes. I miss that about her. And so then you guys ran and then did you come straight home like the next day or oh, no. stay a while? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So that was Saturday. The race was um, probably over by like noon by the time they did like, like we were so proud of each other. Yeah. We stayed for like the ceremonies Yeah, um, because cool. we were mesmerized by everybody else. Cause we were so proud of each other and yeah. ourselves. And so we stayed for the, the ceremony and we were watching like a lot of the runners would, that were doing the full marathons were passing us and they were wearing bare feet. Or they're running bare feet. Are you serious? So we wanted to see what their times were. So we like yeah. stayed and like yeah. ate a banana in the lawn or whatever, yeah. <laughs> waiting. So we eventually went back to the hotel, changed, got ready, and we were we we weren't tired at all by then because we were like pumped. We're like it's we're adrenaline. gonna celebrate. Yeah. So we went back to our hotel, went back to downtown, had fun. Yeah. Like we had yeah. so much fun. She would have been what like forty mid forties. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I was like twenty seven. And you're about. T- 10 years, 15 years maybe yeah. younger. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that's cool. But the fact that you finished only three minutes behind her. And oh yeah. She killed me. <laughs> no, not really. Three minutes is not a lot in a long, in a long distance race. I don't think Yeah, and you didn't train. So that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever consider doing another marathon? Are you, were you the type of person where it's like one and done? I'm one and done. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't like, I'm, I like running, but not that much. Like I'm more of a jogger or yeah. get on a bike. But do you feel like if you would have trained more diligently, then you would have enjoyed the experience a little bit more the actual running experience? Oh no, I loved it. I, once I was in the marathon, the half marathon, Oh, I loved every second of it. Yeah. Like if I could have that rush every time I ran, then, you would, <laughs> then yeah. I would. Okay. Um, Cause I'm a very competitive person. And so is Roxy. So right. Yeah, I totally would, but I just don't like training. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so you've told me, you know, some good memories of her and, and how amazing she is, but 
can can you just speak to just a couple of additional things that you remember about my mom? Oh yeah. Just, this is for my this is for my posterity. For, yeah. You know, hearing um, about her and, and how amazing she was. Yeah, for sure. Well, from the moment I met her, she is always outgoing and bubbly and loves everybody. I don't think I ever met anybody that did not like Roxy. She was the life of the party. Um, she made everybody feel so good. She always made it a point to make everybody feel special. And that's what I love about her. Like, no matter what, she went above and beyond for, for Talon, for Ridge. Um, I don't think she ever got to meet Dirk. Uh, maybe she did with when uh, they were with Dan. I'm not sure. Um, but just with anything and everything she put her heart into, like with crafts. And I remember staying up late nights, making jewelry in your guys's craft room. Um, me coming over here, she was like my rock. So anytime I was having problems with anything in my life, I would go to her and she was always there for me. Um, we always did fun road trips to California all the time. Um, everything she did. I was always amazed. Like when she started working for Christopher diamonds, she knew everything about diamonds and jewelry. And I'm like, I mean, I knew she had a passion for like fashion yeah. and jewelry and nice. No, but she has nice the ability things. to go all in when yeah. she's interested in something. hundred percent everything. And yeah. she, I always remember this is my favorite memory of her is she, even though she didn't have any girls, she always had you boys. Yeah. She would always buy the little nieces um, dresses for Easter. Yeah. And I always remembered her going all out for Easter. And that was like, to this day, it's like one of my most, favorite holidays because of your mom Well, Easter. And then even Val, I would come home from school on Valentine's day and have like this basket with chocolates. And yeah. like, what mom does that? Um, she is, she motivates people. And they say that you kind of marry someone that's like in, in my case, mm -hmm. you know, similar to your mom. And I, mm -hmm. that's some of the attributes that I've found in Mo. Yeah. You know, she's that same type of person. Um, and so I just, I love hearing that those stories about yeah, her. Yeah. Your mom, like, even just talking about her brings a smile to my face because she yeah. was such a positive person mm -hmm. always. Yeah. Like there was she, and she, I love too how she always looked so beautiful all the time. Like there's so many days that I roll out of bed and I'm like, eh, I'll go to the grocery store. Like your mom. Nope. She like would get ready. Yeah. Always look good. Always was gorgeous. Always smelled amazing. That's one thing. Your mom <laughs> always smelled amazing. Yeah, I know. Oh, and she would leave it on. I give her a hug and then my yeah. clothes would smell. Your like mom perfume. would always smell so amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. Well, I could talk about her all day, but yeah. I know you don't have all day and I've got to get um, <laughs> going. But thank you so much for taking the yeah. time and, and sharing your story, your marathon Absolutely. story with her. And, you know, our goal with this podcast is to motivate people to get out and be active, whether it's running a marathon or just living a healthier lifestyle. Oh, and, for sure. And I know that that brought out in her, uh, her best side, because not only did she look great, but she felt great. Right. And I talked about this on our first episode, but we were going to run together uh, the PF it's not PF Chang's anymore. It's the rock and roll marathon, but, yeah. um, but we were going to run that together. And, and that was something she really wanted to get back into because mm -hmm. she remembered how much fun she had doing it. Yeah. And then of course she passed away and, and never got the chance to, but, yeah. um, now I'm sort of running yeah. vicariously. That's through awesome. Her, you know? so hey, I've maybe found... one day I'll do one with you in honor of her. I would, you would, I totally would. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, I totally um, would. Have... I might not train as much, but I will do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for your time. We'll yeah. talk to I hope you enjoyed hearing more about the person who started this all for us, Roxy. She was an inspiration and is the why behind our running. And we hope you guys can find a why because that why will carry you through not only this week of your marathon training, but your entire journey. Well, hope you enjoyed today's show and we'll see you next time.
Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this funny journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.